I'm Shanna Hutchison, dietitian, blogger, and mama, born and raised in the heart of the Midwest. I believe that wellness goes way beyond what we eat and that our body size does not determine our worth. I am passionate about showing other women how to live a life they truly love, one that feels purposeful, that helps them feel their best physically, mentally, and emotionally, and that being a mom can be one of the best things you ever do without it becoming your entire identity. This is a place you can come to hear vulnerable and interesting conversations about health and wellness, motherhood, entrepreneurship, and more. If you want to find freedom with food, learn how to improve your overall well-being, and stop waiting for a number on the scale to start living your best life and go after your goals, then you're in the right place. I'm so excited to learn and grow together. This is the Wellness for the Win podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. It's your host, Shanna Hutchison. And today I'm doing a big random pregnancy brain dump with you. So I'm going to be kind of like recapping this second pregnancy as a whole, especially talking about like what third trimester has been like, because that's where I'm at currently. So when I'm recording this, I am 35 weeks. So getting really close to game time, which is very crazy. So I'll be talking about things like products I've used throughout this pregnancy that I've really liked and supplements and symptoms and baby prep and all kinds of stuff. So just so you know, this is going to be kind of all over the place. So bear with me. (laughs) So as we get closer and closer to my due date, which is May 15th, I know I'm getting a little nervous because I know so many people who have gone really early lately, like several weeks early, and it's freaking me the F out. So I really do not want to go early for a wide variety of reasons, but especially because I'm trying to plan ahead for the podcast and other like blog content and Instagram stuff so I can ideally take a break for a while um, from everything once baby is here. So fingers crossed on that. Um, You know, Rhett was born on his due date and I just remember toward the end, like being really anxious in the days leading up to his due date, especially like I wanted him to come out. And then, (laughs) you know, I was like doing all the things like curb walking and eating all the dates and, you know, all the silly things that you do. Um, But then when he was born, like on his due date, I was like so at peace with the timing and felt like it all made perfect sense. So but it's hard. It's it's just hard not to constantly wonder like when when is labor going to happen? How is it going to happen? But I'm just trying really hard at this point to trust my body and trust my baby that they will do what they need to do just like they did last time because our bodies were literally made to do this and they're amazing. Um, it's carried me this far in this pregnancy, so it's going to be great. So I have faith that it will be good um, and we'll look however it needs to, but I'm just praying for a healthy and safe delivery and a healthy baby. And I'll talk a little bit more on the labor thing later. Um, Like I said, this is going to be all over the place. So just, you know, stick with me. (laughs) But first, I'm going to talk a little bit about symptoms, how I've been feeling physically. And if you are pregnant or you know, thinking about getting pregnant with your second or third or something, Um, you know, subsequent pregnancies, this may be a little bit more relatable because for the most part, it's been a smooth pregnancy. And, you know, I've felt pretty good overall. And I would say even still, I feel good majority of the time. But things definitely get harder earlier in pregnancy as far as like, you know, second trimester, I would say was was more challenging than <laughs> than it was the first time around. Um, but I mean, sec- second trimester in general is like a freaking dream. Um, you know, you just feel the best in terms of your energy levels and like your size is very manageable, <laughs> things like that. Um, but so first I'll say that you can probably tell just by listening to this 
that I am incredibly congested. And I've talked about this a million times on my Instagram. So I apologize if you follow me there and you're like, oh my God, shut up about your stuffy nose. (laughs) But pregnancy congestion is a real bitch. And no one talks about it. Like no one talks about that as a symptom. But I was congested like majority of my pregnancy with Rhett. And I remember, especially with him, it was like during COVID. And so I was constantly like freaking paranoid that I had COVID because I was congested and had drainage and then I would have like a sore throat and just always was like thinking I had COVID, (laughs) but I was just congested because that's a pregnancy thing. Um, And so with this pregnancy, I've been incredibly congested as well. And I couldn't tell you when it got like super bad, but especially lately, it's been really bad. But it is also at the time I'm recording this, it's April. So it's like early spring. And supposedly Kansas has like the worst allergies or pollen or whatever in like the entire country or something. So I'm feeling it Um, and I'm snoring really bad as well. (laughs) Um, I started doing that around probably like 30 weeks or something. Definitely like in in the third trimester. But I, I did snore with Rhett as well. But it was definitely closer to the end. Like it happened. It started happening a lot earlier this time. Ethan is legitimately sleeping in another room because it's so bad, <laughs> which I feel so bad about. But I I mean, I legit can't help it. I I tried Breathe Right strips. A lot of moms recommended that. A lot of women said that they helped them substantially and they were like amazing and lifesavers. Unfortunately for me, they did not a damn thing. So no luck with the Breathe Right strips. Um, I do think, though, that I'm so congested that literally nothing at this point would make a difference like besides medications and stuff um which I am taking like some allergy medicine thankfully there are several like pregnancy safe options you can take for allergies but um so with that said I also (laughs) was posting about trying a neti pot on my Instagram and I legit don't know if I've ever gotten so many messages about something in my whole Instagram career so so many people love that thing. But a ton of people. So I like posted about this. I'm like, because it has like warning labels all over the package. See, you can you hear that I can like barely speak because I'm so congested. Um, I need to like blow my nose for the hundredth time already today. Anyway, so I posted about the neti pot and there's like warning labels all over the box saying like, do not use unfiltered tap water. And so I posted my stories. I was like, do you really have to use like distilled water? And like, there's so many rules. It's like, no wonder I'm terrified to use this freaking thing because there's so many rules. And a lot of people are like, yes, absolutely do not use tap water. Apparently it can give you like a freaking like brain eating amoeba or something. (laughs) That's literally what people said. Apparently someone, I shouldn't laugh because apparently someone recently died from using unfiltered tap water. And I think that's a very rare thing, but apparently it can happen. And there's like microorganisms in tap water that can cause infections and that like our GI tract is like tough enough to handle and like, you know, it's not an issue for us to drink, but Apparently, if it gets in your like way up in your sinus cavities, it can be very harmful and cause infections and stuff. So if you use an Eddie pot or one of these like spray bottle things that goes way up in your nose, um, don't use tap water. Use So apparently you can use distilled water or if you do use tap water, apparently you can boil it first and then that's safe. And then I think filtered water is okay too, but it sounds like distilled water is the way to go if you want to be on the totally safe side. 
do that. Um, so that's my plan. I bought the thing. The Neil Med spray bottle one is the one that like most people were like, this is way more pleasant than the neti pot and feels less like you're freaking like drowning yourself. And yeah, so I have it. It's under my sink. I'm still terrified to use it. And maybe one day, (laughs) one day I'll give it a try. But I'm like, sheesh, after all that, you guys freaked me out. I'm like, shit, I don't want to like mess my brain up or something. But people swear by it. So maybe once I'll try it and I'll get a lot of relief and I'll be like, why haven't I been doing this longer? So stay tuned. Fingers crossed. If you are looking for something similar to help with your congestion, maybe check it out. This is not medical advice. (laughs) Talk to your doctor, et cetera. Okay, moving on. Pregnancy pillow. Not liking it this time around, unfortunately. So with Rhett, I think I started using a pregnancy pillow pretty late, like probably like close to 32 weeks or something. With Also with my first pregnancy, I didn't have much of a belly until, you know, halfway through my second trimester. Um, So I really didn't feel like I needed it. However, with that said, I also was a belly sleeper before having Rhett um, or before that pregnancy. And so I had really bad headaches during my first pregnancy, which I haven't had this time. But I also feel like I go to a chiropractor and she said that sleeping on your stomach can, you know, just the position of it can possibly contribute to headaches. And um, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I haven't had any headaches really this time around um, because I've adjusted to sleeping on my side because with the first pregnancy, using the pregnancy pillow helped me kind of start sleeping on my side. And then when you breastfeed, you still can't sleep on your belly because if you do, your boobs will explode. (laughs) So again, at this point, I sleep on my side now with no issues. So right now I'm sleeping with just like normal pillows under my head. I'm not even sleeping with a pillow between my leg, which I probably should. But I don't know. I I feel like I'm sleeping okay without it. So um, to each their own. I I will, if you guys want, I can link um, to my Amazon storefront that does have the pregnancy pillow that I really liked last time. Um, I did really enjoy it when I was using it. Um, but this time for whatever reason, it's just not doing it for me this, this second pregnancy. So another symptom. So sometimes I'm like randomly having heaviness in my pelvis. Like I'll be walking and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I need to pause for a second because it just feels like he's pushing down on my bladder and my vagina. (laughs) Everything feels really heavy. And I actually like even my doctor and chiropractor recommended getting like a belly band to just kind of like support and like lift a little bit. But I have been so sensitive this time to tightness on my belly like whatsoever. Like I can only wear like really loose, loose Amazon maternity leggings are my favorite because they aren't super compressive like others are. Um, I, I wear other ones for like workouts, but for like all day long, I just have to have like the least compressive things possible. Um, so there's that. So yeah, I got a belly band that my friend Lizzie recommended, but it was too tight. I couldn't do it. And then actually when I ordered my breast pump, I got a free belly band like that was covered by insurance. And it's one that goes like it's like a uh, strap that goes under your belly as opposed to the ones that go like completely over your belly. So I like the feel of that one better because it's not like squeezing everything. But I still it's still a pain because I'm like, okay, well, I have to pee every five seconds and then take it off. And it's just a pain in the ass. So with that said, I haven't used a belly band consistently, but 
maybe if I would have gotten it a little bit earlier on, I would have found it to be beneficial. Um, I'm sure I would still find it beneficial right now, but I've just been lazy and honestly not using it. So yeah. So next, let's see. The other complaint, (laughs) other thing uh, that has been a struggle throughout this pregnancy is acid reflux, which I struggled a lot with um, during my first pregnancy as well. And But interestingly, with this pregnancy, in the third trimester specifically, I've started taking a probiotic recently. It's actually by the brand Needed, um, which I can link in the show notes for you guys. I actually do have a a discount code for them. It's wellness for the win. I think gets you 15% off on their website. Um, their supplements and things are also available on Amazon. I also love their unflavored collagen. I use that quite a bit in like smoothies and overnight oats and stuff. But anyway, I started taking their probiotic recently and I don't know if it's placebo effect or if it's actually making a difference, but I do feel like my reflux has actually improved since I started using it. I don't know if it's also like maybe at this point in the third trimester, like maybe his position is different. Like maybe he's dropped a little bit more and there's less pressure on my stomach or something. I'm not sure, but either way, I will take it. (laughs) It seems like the reflux has been less bad. Obviously, there's a jillion different things that you can try in terms of reflux, like, you know, eating smaller, more frequent meals and avoiding certain triggers like spicy foods and super fatty foods and stuff like that. You know, I really try not to like eat Tums all day. Like that's definitely not something that you want to do. You know, taking some here and there is is not the end of the world. But um, yeah, figuring out what your biggest triggers are is is helpful. Yeah, there's there's a lot I could say on that. But anyway, it seems to be somewhat tolerable. And with Rhett, like when I was pregnant with him, once he was born, my reflux was like disappeared. It was amazing. So (laughs) fingers crossed that's the case with both the reflux and the congestion. And um, same goes for you if you're experiencing that during your pregnancy as well. Okay, another thing that I've mentioned on Instagram is like I have like a hernia at my belly button. I believe that's what it is. So my belly button looks very much like an Audi, but like if you see it in person, you can tell it's more than that. I think it's called like an umbilical hernia. I actually had a lot of other moms tell me that they had the same thing. And most of them said that it resolved fairly quickly on its own once they were postpartum. However, I do know that like doing some pelvic floor core workouts and stuff like that will be important postpartum. Um, Speaking of which, definitely check out my episode with Dr. Lizzie Kiefer. She's a pelvic floor PT. We had a really good episode I can link to in the show notes as well um, about pelvic floor because again, that'll be something like with Rhett, I really didn't get back into exercise for, I mean, as far as like consistent actual exercise for a long time besides like walking. Um, I did start some pelvic floor therapy I think maybe like six to eight weeks postpartum. Um, But I'm going to try to do some stuff a little bit earlier than that this time just to kind of like at least kind of like reconnect to my pelvic floor and work on like the diastasis recti and all that kind of stuff that inevitably comes with pregnancy, especially it it seems like for sure this time I have that since I have kind of that hernia situation. So anyway, luckily my hernia thing is not painful. It's just not very um, pleasant to look at. And I hope that it will go away (laughs) fairly quickly. Other things that I've struggled with on and off throughout pregnancy. So pregnancy constipation is a very real thing. You know, hormones play a big role as well as, you know, your organs are literally like being shifted around to accommodate for a baby inside of you. (laughs) So sometimes like that can, you know, cause 
things to, to be stopped up. Um, and so with constipation, oftentimes comes hemorrhoids as well, something that I struggled with so bad postpartum last time, um, but it can definitely pop up during pregnancy also. So I've gotten this question in my DMs a jillion times throughout this pregnancy, and I actually went ahead and like wrote a whole blog post on it, um, some ways to help with constipation. So there's a, di- a lot of diet-related things that you can do, but also other things Um, again, you know, going back to my episode with Lizzie on pelvic floor stuff, like using a squatty potty and, you know, positioning is big, drinking plenty of fluids, staying active, um, all kinds of stuff can help, but it's definitely a struggle that I know so many moms face during pregnancy. So if you are in that boat, I feel you. Um, thankfully lately mine's been better um, in the third trimester, but I did whip out my squatty potty and I feel like that has been helpful. (laughs) So, and if you are pregnant, you might as well get one or even like a footstool of some sort, you know, just having that position can be helpful. And it's something that you will likely benefit from using postpartum as well. So you might as well just grab something similar and see, see how it goes. You have nothing to lose. So again, at 35 weeks at this point, I'm feeling just overall very swollen. (laughs) Like my face, like when I look at pictures, I'm like, my face feels very swollen. My ankles by the end of the day, sometimes like some days by the end of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, my ankles are so swollen, but other days they're fine. So I'm sure obviously it has something to do with how, how much I'm on my feet, but sometimes I don't feel like there's any like real correlation. Um, I bought some like compression socks, but I have yet to wear them. I keep like getting all these things and then not even using them. So, you know, that's just, (laughs) I don't know if it's just laziness or just being like, you know, not having faith that they're going to do anything. Who knows? Um, But yeah, definitely feeling swollen. And again, swelling is something that is contributing to the congestion as well. It's just like having that uh, swelling in the nasal cavities or whatever is leading to the congestion and all the things. So it'll be fantastic when that is gone. And I think that's most of like the symptoms things I was going to touch on. And, and again, I think, you know, I saw something recently. It's like, it's very, I think it's very okay to obviously like not complain 24 seven about symptoms, but I think it's okay to admit that you're uncomfortable. That doesn't mean you're ungrateful. (laughs) You know, you can absolutely be so grateful and thankful and feel so excited and happy to be pregnant while also acknowledging that some things about it are uncomfortable. Like I remember talking about that a little bit, like when I was pregnant with Rhett because he was like, you know, my rainbow baby, he was after a loss. And I was like, I feel like I should never, ever complain because I'm so grateful and, you know, all those things. And I remember moms like validating me and being like, it's okay to complain sometimes. (laughs) Like it's okay to feel uncomfortable and admit that. Um, you know, if you don't feel uncomfortable, obviously that's amazing. Like feel, if you're feeling great, that's fantastic. Um, but it's okay also to, again, it can be both. And you can be incredibly grateful and a little uncomfortable and ready to be done being pregnant at times. So just wanted to throw that out there because yeah, it's, I know I understand that, you know, for people who are waiting or suffering a loss, things like that, um, obviously it's it's hard to hear people who are pregnant complaining about the symptoms that you like would, would get anything to be feeling. Like I definitely remember being in that season, but th- at the same time, like you can't just like gloss over how you're truly feeling. So I don't know. Anyway, there's that. <laughs> just some thoughts on that. Um, okay. So... Other things that I wanted to touch on. So I've talked about it a jillion times, but 
for workouts, I still get questions on it. So for workouts, I've been doing expecting and empowered workouts, which I love and I can link to in the show notes as well. Um, So these are workouts that are programmed specifically for pregnancy and postpartum. They have different workouts for every single week of your pregnancy. They're programmed to be about 30 minutes long. They incorporate like flexibility, pelvic floor work, and a lot of strength exercises, which are amazing for preparing your body for labor and delivery. And then of course the demands of motherhood. Um, So I just really love those. And I've been able to be really consistent with those and that has felt great. And I feel like that's been really, really helpful for my, how I'm feeling physically and mentally um, during pregnancy too. So definitely recommend if you're looking for some workouts to do that are safe during pregnancy as well. Also, as far as supplements go, I mentioned I was taking the needed probiotics. Um, I also take the full well fertility supplements. So the prenatals and their fish oil supplements also. My code is wellness for the win for those two. Um, I feel really good about those. Really good quality, third-party tested for things like heavy metals, all the things. Um, I had the founder on episode eight. We talked about pregnancy nutrition, um, nutrition before, during, and after pregnancy, actually. Um, And we talk a little bit about the supplements as well, if you're curious to learn more. Um, Just note that the prenatals, the full well prenatals do not contain iron. Um, So iron is just very individual iron supplements are also something that can contribute to GI issues, including constipation, which is something, again, that so many moms already struggle with. So um, it's very individual. So, you know, typically throughout pregnancy, they do monitor your iron levels. I personally try really hard to get as much iron as possible through my diet. So, you know, the best sources are animal foods like meat, especially, you know, red meat. We eat a lot of venison over here. So I feel like I typically do a fairly good job of getting enough iron But I will say in my third trimester, I have started to supplement with a little bit of iron also um, just to make sure that I am getting enough. And so far, I haven't had any issues tolerating that or anything. So just some things to obviously talk to your doctor about and stay on top of. Um, But that's been kind of working for me. I also use Clean Simple Eats. Um, I use their protein powders during pregnancy. I personally feel okay about that. They are manufactured in a certified GMP facility. They're third-party tested, things like that. Um, So I feel personally okay using those during pregnancy. Again, obviously to each their own. Talk to your doctor if you have concerns, but that has been something that I've been using regularly um, in smoothies and things like that because I've been on a huge smoothie kick this pregnancy. I feel like I've had a jillion smoothies. And in general, I, I love smoothies, but they've just been like really hitting the spot for me lately. Um, as far as skincare goes, I always get a lot of questions on, you know, what skincare changes I make to my routine. Honestly, I don't really change much at all besides not using retinol during pregnancy. I do continue to get facials from my esthetician and she's obviously aware that I'm pregnant. So they just make sure to use pregnancy safe products and treatments and things like that. So talk to your provider if you're like getting a facial or something um, and, you know, make sure that you're not using retinol. But otherwise, a lot of things are still pregnancy safe. But I would say talk to a dermatologist or an esthetician if you have questions on specific skincare and whether or not you should be using it. My thoughts on baths in pregnancy. (laughs) So I've we moved into this house on Halloween and I had yet to use the bathtub And because I've been pregnant this whole time and I'm like, well, if it can't be like scalding hot, it's not going to be enjoyable. And I was like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to freaking try it and see how it feels. And my consensus is that it's not worth it. 
because it couldn't be super hot. And I also was like paranoid to like completely submerge my belly because you like read different things and it's like, you know, truly you're only supposed to be submerged for like 10 minutes or something. I know a lot of people take baths and they're like, that's outdated advice, blah, blah, blah. But it's always hard not to be paranoid about it. I'm like, you know what? It's not worth it to me. I will. I definitely think that I will enjoy baths postpartum, especially if I have hemorrhoids again. I've heard a lot of people say that like sits baths or something are like really enjoyable for that season. So maybe that will just be something that I look forward to after the baby comes is like sitting in the bath and reading a book. And um, who knows, maybe that's wishful thinking, but um, stay tuned on my bathtub journey. (laughs) Um, All right, let's see. I have a document pulled up here with like a ton of just like random ass notes that I've been taking over the past couple of weeks regarding my third trimester. Something that I wrote down too is for some reason I'm, I've been way more consistent with strength training this pregnancy, which I've felt really good about. Um, that's just been making me feel really good, especially too like freaking having a toddler when you're pregnant is a whole new ball game. Like you're carrying around a 25 to 30 pound plus child with a huge belly and it's it is hard like going up and down the stairs and I mean it's physically demanding so staying strong during pregnancy is essential because whew, it is it is physically demanding um, especially if you have a child like mine who just wants his mom a lot and likes to be held and which I love but it's it's definitely hard and like when I'm reading to him before bed now, like we have to sit side by side in the recliner, like he can't sit in my lap, <laughs> which actually he couldn't sit in my lap like much earlier in pregnancy because the belly just is in the way. Um, okay, moving on, I think. Oh, and I also walked a lot with Rhett uh, during pregnancy and I've been walking a lot this time too. Probably not quite as much due to this pregnancy. I've actually been like I was pregnant mostly during winter for most of it. Um, so, you know, that it's interesting how your due date and like, like when you conceive just like having pregnancy in different seasons, there's pros and cons of every season, but I I kind of liked the timing of my pregnancy with Rhett, but not as much the, the due date, like he was born in January and I've talked about that before. Like with my first baby, I I actually didn't mind it being January because we just like snuggled all day for months and did nothing else. But for this one, I'm excited to have more of a spring, early summer baby. Um, I think it'll just be good for all of us to get out of the house a little bit more. Um, And we recently like revamped our patio and got a screen and porch and stuff. So I hope to utilize that a lot with the baby and it's kind of it's pretty nice and private back there too so I feel like I can just like watch tv on the patio and breastfeed the baby and chill and I'm looking forward to that a lot so there's that okay moving on to clothes I'm loving during pregnancy so again I can link to all these but the maternity bras or I guess just the bras in general that I'm wearing during pregnancy are technically nursing bras but they're not like clip down nursing bras they're just like super soft and um like pull down ones and they're the best so I wore them postpartum a lot last time but also like even between pregnancies because they're so freaking comfortable and I've worn them like this entire pregnancy too and why I've loved them this time especially is because once again they aren't super compressive and don't squeeze me where my under boob meets my the top of my belly (laughs) so that has been essential. I also absolutely love the Amazon maternity leggings. 
they're like $12 each. So of course the quality is not like freaking the same as Lululemon, but hear me out here. Once again, everyone has different experiences and their bodies change and grow differently during pregnancy. Okay. So like with my first pregnancy, for example, I could wear normal leggings for a much larger portion of my pregnancy than I could this time. And once again, I've been super sensitive to tightness on my belly. So like a lot of people are like, oh, well, the Lululemon aligns, you know, high rise are amazing your entire pregnancy. That's awesome for them. I'm so happy for you. But guess what? They don't fit me. Okay, so like my belly just grew so big, so fast. And if that's the case for you, solidarity. Um, Again, you know, very happy for people who can wear their normal leggings throughout their whole pregnancy, but that has not been my experience at all. So I, you know, I have gone for the cheaper ones that are not only much cheaper, but they're also just, they're truly genuinely more comfortable for me right now because they aren't so tight on my belly. Um, So you have to figure out what works for you, obviously. Um, and, and maybe like sizing up in a more expensive pair is something that you want to do during pregnancy. But I'm like, I want to get expensive leggings that are going to fit me after pregnancy. Um, you know, so you just have to figure out what makes sense for you financially and all the things, um, and comfort wise, obviously. But the, another thing that I have liked for pregnancy is Sunita leggings. Um, so they have like some maternity leggings that I've liked specifically for workouts, um, So they are more compressive. They have like more of a workout material. They have pockets, all those things. Um, So for workouts, they are more compressive and I've, I've liked those. But with that said, I can work, I can wear them for my workout or like for walks, but I cannot wear them all day because they're just too tight on me. Um, So that's just what's been my experience again. um, Underwear during pregnancy is unique as well. (laughs) So again, everyone is different. I have found that certain underwear has not stretched with me as much as I'd like during pregnancy. So there are certain thongs that I I can link to in the show notes as well that I have really liked that I've had for a, a long time before I was pregnant. But I've found that during pregnancy, they've been the most comfortable option. I haven't really bought any like new underwear specifically during pregnancy, but these have been great. So um, I can also link to my I have a blog post on postpartum essentials that are like these high-waisted, like kind of like granny panties <laughs> or like mom panties um, that I liked for postpartum last time that I still have them and will likely wear again this time. Um, but yeah, underwear, you know, things change as far as what you need when it comes to underwear. Um, okay, next products and supplements during pregnancy. I kind of touched on some of these already. Um, a few things that I do use during pregnancy Primally Pure is a brand that has like all this non-toxic stuff and I do really like their dry shampoo. So they have like a powder dry shampoo. They have one for blonde hair and then one for brown hair or darker hair. Um, I obviously use the blonde one, but it's like this powder that you just like sprinkle on your roots and rub it in. And I truly do feel like it has, it like gives you some good volume um, and I really like it. So I've been using that during pregnancy and then they have like this body butter kind of lotion situation that you can put on anywhere you want to, but I use it on my belly. Um, I'm definitely not using it like super consistently, like every single day. And my belly hasn't been like as itchy this time, surprisingly with, I feel like as I've grown, I've kind of gone through spurts where like maybe I've grown faster and had a little bit of itching. Um, But for the most part, like 
I use the body butter on my belly probably a couple times a week, not every single day because I forget and get lazy, honestly. Um, but those are two products that I do like from Primarily Pure. My code for them is wellness for the win as well for, I think, 10% off. Um, I do use liquid IV during pregnancy sometimes also. I typically just do like a half packet at a time. I just feel like that's sufficient for me typically. Um, but I do sometimes, I mean, the, the thirst is real during both pregnancy and postpartum. And I do feel like that helps with some extra hydration. Needed also has a, a hydration stick packet thing that's similar to liquid IV, but that it doesn't have added sugars. So if you're concerned about that, you can check out the kneaded version. Um, the liquid IV one, to me, honestly, tastes way better, obviously, because it has sugar in it. Um, but when you do, especially half a packet, it's like five or six grams, which I don't think is the end of the world. Um, you got to, you know, pick your battles sometimes. But um, kneaded also has a really great like sleep, not necessarily sleepy time, but like a lavender or chamomile tea or something that I have really enjoyed for bedtime, um, especially during certain times of my pregnancy where I've had like a sore throat or something that's been really soothing in the evening. Also, if you're struggling to stay hydrated during pregnancy, I recently caved and bought a Stanley cup and I have no regrets. So people are always like, well, what's the deal with these Stanley cups? Like, are they, what's like magical about them? There's nothing magical about them. They're, first of all, they're cute. That's the biggest thing I think. Um, obviously, you know, sometimes you like having a name brand thing. I think we can all admit to that, right? It's like, it's like getting Adidas shoes. It's like, you know, you, sometimes you just want the name brand thing and that's okay. Anyway, so, but I will say with the Stanley Cup, it also keeps your drink cold for a long time, which is obviously important. And then it has a handle and a straw, which is super nice, especially when you have a new baby and you a lot of times have to do things one handed. So I do think, so I got a 30 ounce Stanley, which I'm looking at it right now as if you guys can see me. And I think I'm going to treat myself to a 40 ounce for postpartum. And then especially like having drinks in multiple places throughout the house when you're nursing and stuff, because you oftentimes get trapped by a sleeping baby. Um, so it's important to always have water handy. And I will, of course, use the big old water cup that I get from the hospital. But Unfortunately, this, those don't keep ice cold for a long time. So the Stanley, I, th I think will be a game changer. So I think I'll get a cute like blue one or something to treat myself to like a, a baby present. Um, so there's that. Deodorant is another thing I wanted to talk about. So I do use like a natural deodorant um, most of the time, really, not just during pregnancy. I've been using Native Sensitive, which I really like. I'm trying to think it's like coconut and vanilla, I think is the scent that I use. But I will absolutely admit that during postpartum, this did not work for me. I had to switch back to like Old Spice men's deodorant during postpartum because if you've been postpartum before, you know the BO is real. So there's that. Um, if you haven't been postpartum before and you're expecting prepare yourself to be really smelly. <laughs> it's just part of the process. The hormones are crazy. It doesn't last forever. I'm trying to think. I think it was probably like the first couple of months. Um, but yeah, you might stink for a bit and that's just how it goes. So just embrace it and make sure to get some good, good deodorant. If, if natural deodorant works for you postpartum, good on you, but that just did not work for me. So another thing I get asked a lot during pregnancy is about spray tans. So Obviously, ask your doctor if you have concerns, but I personally do get spray tans during pregnancy and use um, some self-tanning stuff at home. So I, if you're local, I go to Recreating Rays 
and they're the best. I actually did an episode with Shauna, the owner, um, way back, probably, I think, I want to say it's like episode seven or something. I don't know. I can link to it, but I feel just fine about doing it. We, I have a, wear a mask during the whole thing, except for obviously when they spray my face and then I just hold my breath. But yeah, so I get spray tans, not super often. I, I've gotten probably like five spray tans throughout this pregnancy. Um, and then just randomly will use the self tanner as well. But I did that with Rhett also, and I didn't have any major concerns. My doctor didn't act like it was a, a problem. So maybe ask about about that with your doctor if you are wondering. But that is something that I have done and not had any issues. Um, same with like, I mean, gosh, there's there's all kinds of things. Like I remember as a first time mom being like, oh my gosh, can I get my nails done? Can I get my hair done? All the things. Um, and I again personally continue to do all those things. But if you have concerns, just like you know, hold off if you want to. Okay. How I'm feeling emotionally. Hopefully this is riveting for you guys. (laughs) Hopefully you can relate to some of these things or that this is helpful because I'm kind of just like rambling here, but this is like sort of therapeutic for me to just kind of talk through. Um, It'll be interesting to listen back to someday as well. Um, You know, how I was feeling and anticipating this child. So anyway, how I'm feeling emotionally, especially at 35 weeks pregnant with baby two, So throughout this whole pregnancy, especially early on, I had a lot of emotions as far as like being sad that this is, you know, our last several months with Rhett being our only child. Um, You know, it's it's so hard to imagine. And I've talked about this a million times, like even it took me a long, long time to even wrap my mind around like loving another baby um, besides Rhett. And so, you know, finally, of course, by the time we got pregnant, I, I did feel ready for the most part. Um, but you know, as you get closer and closer, it's like, oh my gosh, my time with Rhett alone is really dwindling and it's, it's sad. But as we get closer though, too, I also feel like I'm having more moments of excitement and like feeling like Rhett is going to do great. He's going to be a great big brother. We talk about baby brother a lot. Um, you know, I know there's going to be some challenging moments, but I think he'll I think he'll be a great big brother and I think he'll want to be a big helper, too. And the blessing is that he will continue to go to daycare. So I'll get solo time with baby, just like I did with Rhett. And that'll be good for all of us. You know, he'll stay in his routine. He'll continue to, you know, see his friends and have that social time and interaction and get energy out, most importantly, during the day. (laughs) Um, So yeah, but I will say too, like he's very much a toddler. You know, he's a little bit over two. And lately, especially, he's been testing us as like pushing boundaries and doing the exact opposite of what we say and pretending like he doesn't know what the word no means. And so that's really hard, especially like being pregnant when you have little patience. At least that's the case for me. That's been hard at times. And I, I say this all the time too, but he's a huge mama's boy, always wants mama to do basically everything. Um, but I feel like lately we've been, we've been doing a little bit better about practicing Ethan spending more time with him solo, like, you know, them riding bikes outside together while I'm cooking dinner or Ethan doing more bath time. And, um, you know, we've been swapping bedtime for a long time now too. So, Um, that is still a challenge. Like oftentimes Rhett will still scream and cry for mama, but it's getting better. There's, there's times where it's better than it used to be. So fingers crossed that will be somewhat of a, a better transition once baby comes. Okay. Moving on to baby prep. So 
obviously we're like getting the nursery ready and stuff and it's not like 100% done, but I feel like it's done, definitely done enough. And if you've had a baby before that, you know that the nursery doesn't really matter (laughs) that much in the beginning anyway, as long as they have, you know, a place to sleep. And we do, we are going to swap the, the recliner that we have in Rhett's room. Uh, We're going to put that into the nursery. Um, When Rhett was a baby, I actually ended up nursing him in the nursery recliner, like taking him out of our bedroom and going to the nursery every single time to feed him in the night because I just found it really challenging to find like a good position in bed and without like completely disturbing Ethan. And like some people want their partner to be up with them while they're feeding. And if that's you, that's totally fine. But I was just like, I didn't really feel like it was necessary for Ethan to like also get no sleep (laughs) when really like there wasn't much he could do because I was breastfeeding. Like he would help me with diaper changes and stuff. But for the most part, like I would just go to the nursery, feed him and come back in bed. And that just was that felt easier for me personally. Um, So again, you know, as far as the nursery goes, it's done enough at this point. We've got what we need anyway. And yeah, as far as like aesthetics and decor and stuff, it's it's almost there and it's good enough for for now. Pump. So I ordered a pump. And last time I used the OG LV, um, which is a hands-free one. And I have a whole blog post on like a review, um, you know, pros and cons of it. Overall, I had a really good experience with it. Um, It's my understanding that it's recommended to get a new pump with every baby. I'm sure it depends on how many hours you pumped, things like that. But I, you know, I pumped for 11 months of our breastfeeding journey, you know, when he was away at daycare and stuff. So it had a lot of hours on it for sure. So I knew I needed a new one. But this time I ordered the LV Stride. So a lot of you recommended it and said that you absolutely love it. And apparently it has like better suction even than the LV, like the OG LV. Um, But it is still hands-free So I decided to go with that one. So there's a website that a lot of people told me about called aeroflowbreastpumps.com and I can link it in the show notes too. I'm like not affiliated whatsoever. Um, But when you go through that site, you can plug in your insurance information and it'll tell you like how much of it is covered with your insurance. So for me, the LV Stride was very affordable, especially I got the LV Stride like straight up. I didn't get the LV Stride Plus because I think the only difference is that you get a carrying case with the Plus I didn't feel that was necessary for me because I work from home. So, you know, if you're someone who goes into the office every day, you might enjoy having like the little like special bags that they have. But I'm like, when I travel, I can just use like other bags that I already have. So to each their own with that. But that is what I'm going with. So I'll keep you posted on my thoughts on the LV Stride once I am using it postpartum. Um, I'm also planning to take the Expecting and Empowered Labor and Delivery course. So I actually talked about this in the recent episode with Amy from Expecting and Empowered um, about their course and kind of just talks through all your different options and positions and medications and pain management and things like that. So my conversation with Amy just like kind of got me thinking about some of my wishes for this birth and as much as I loved my experience with Rhett, like honestly would not have changed it. I had an epidural. It was great. There are certain things that I like might want to try or do differently. So I'm curious to learn more. Um, I'm going to take that labor and delivery course soon. I've like kind of been wanting to wait until closer to my due date, but I'm also like, shit, what if I go early? <laughs> like I should take it now um, and just like see, see what it has to say. Cause I'm curious to learn about more of the other like pain management options and especially positions. And I might even experiment with using a bathtub this time, depending on like how my labor goes and 
all that. So stay tuned. Obviously, I'll I'll tell you guys the birth story once that time comes. But I am I'm intrigued by the bath this time around, which the first time I was like, I didn't have any interest in that. So just interesting how once you learn more about different options, you're like, hmm, maybe that could be good. Um, I'm also in the process of getting the hospital bag ready. Truly, the birth center, Advent Birth Center provides like almost everything that you need. But there are just some things like like bringing my own uh, towels and toiletries and, uh, you know, toothbrush and toothpaste and my contacts and things like that. So just like the basics and, you know, uh, an outfit for baby to come home in and stuff like that as well. Um, I'm also I've started doing some loads of laundry for the baby. So since we're having another boy, we have so much stuff that we can reuse as far as clothes go, which is nice. So I've washed all like the newborn and zero to three month clothes um, pretty much at this point. And let's see, I ordered a bunch of last minute items from Amazon. Like the other day, I woke up really early in the morning and I like started panicking, thinking about (laughs) all the random like just like little things that we didn't have, like newborn diapers and a bunch of like a a ton of wipes and Aquaphor and, you know, postpartum stuff for me, like recovery stuff like um, Dermaplast and like adult diapers and just random things that I knew I know that I'll need that we didn't have. So I used my completion discount on Amazon. So listen up if you're pregnant and you don't know about this. So Amazon, Target, probably other places too. I don't know how it works with Babylist. Someone asked me about Babylist. I don't know. I've never used that. But a lot of places have a completion discount, which basically means that within a certain time window of your due date and then as well as after your due date, you can use this discount to get like for Amazon, for example, it's 15% off where you can get 15% off of certain eligible items. So I bought like a ton of stuff and got 15% off of all of them. And you can use it as many times as you want. So again, I'll, I'll most likely be utilizing it a lot more <laughs> over the, the next couple of months while it still is something that I can use. But it's just really nice. Like even if you're not necessarily like having a shower or planning to have people buy you stuff off your registry, you can buy yourself stuff at a 15% discount, which is pretty good, especially for like bigger things. You know, especially if you're a first time mom buying like big things that you don't have like a bassinet or car seat even, you know, that kind of stuff. So definitely look into that if you haven't already. And pretty soon I need to like start sterilizing all the bottles. Like we used Dr. Brown's bottles personally last time. Um, So I'm going to wash all those and get those ready. I did see someone post, I think it was like a lactation consultant or some sort of baby expert on Instagram recommended that you should replace things that are like silicone. So like bottle nipples, pacifiers, stuff like that should be replaced after a certain amount of time. So like from your first to second baby, for example, they should most likely be replaced. So I just ordered a bunch of like new bottle nipples. For Rhett, we only ever used size one, I think. And that worked fine for him, like his entire bottle using career. (laughs) So um, anyway, so I just went with size ones because that just worked well for us. So hopefully we'll see. Again, everyone says every baby's different. So um, yeah. (sighs) Yesterday I had a panic moment thinking that I legit thought our car seat, our infant car seat had vanished. I was like, where in the hell is the car seat and like the car bases for the car seat? I could only find one base, couldn't find the car seat, couldn't find the second base. And long story short, crisis averted, Ethan located them. They were in like our massive like travel car seat, like padded car seat carrier up on a big shelf in the basement storage room. And 
I, I blame pregnancy brain because I saw that thing and it didn't occur to me that it possibly had a car seat inside. <laughs> I just saw it as a shell of a car seat carrier, but I didn't imagine that anything was in it. So there's that. But again, crisis averted. Thankfully, it was there. So we are all set in terms of the car seat. And gosh, I think that's it. Um, so hopefully, again, that was helpful in some way or maybe relatable in some way. And I have so much scheduled in these next couple of weeks, like the end of, you know, second half of April, I have a million podcast interviews scheduled and I'm just hoping I can get them all done before this baby comes so I can, (laughs) again, kind of step away and take a little break from um, editing and interviewing and all that kind of stuff uh, postpartum. And hopefully within the first couple of weeks, when it's really fresh in my mind, I can do like like a birth story as well. We'll see if I can get Ethan to participate. You know, it's always like pulling teeth to get him to come onto the podcast. But you guys always enjoy when he does. Um, so there's that. I will have, again, at this time, I'm 35 weeks. Next week, I will be 36. Duh. Um, but when I'm 36 and a half-ish weeks, I'm going to have an ultrasound to check on his size and position. With Rhett, at my 36-week ultrasound, we learned that he was breached. So I'm praying to God that this baby is head down like he should be and that he is not measuring way ahead or anything like that. And I know that those aren't always 100% accurate or reliable, but I know they can just kind of give you somewhat of an idea. So anyway, TBD, I'll keep you guys posted probably on my Instagram by the time that this episode goes goes live, that will have come and gone. And hopefully the baby will still be in my belly by the time this goes live <laughs> as well. Um, so yeah, that's it. I talked for way longer than I planned to, as always. And I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And if you could do me a huge favor and leave me a rating and or review and or share this episode or my podcast in general with a friend who might enjoy listening to it. That would mean so much to me, especially again, as I'm kind of entering this season where I will have less capacity to create and share and all the things, um, you know, your shares and your word of mouth and um, reviews mean the world. So if you have a chance to do that, I would appreciate it so much. And I just appreciate you guys tuning in, especially those of you who tune in every single week. I love you. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode and took away some tips or wisdom that you can apply to boost your health and happiness starting today. If you did, I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review to help other women like you find my show and get inspired to start living a life they love. Also, take a quick screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at wellness for the win so I can see why you love today's show. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time.